Welcome to Diary of a Crowdfunded Film, proudly in collaboration with Brick Studios. I'm Jose Pusella. Join me as I take you on this audio journey with Heath Davis on the making of his new crowdfunded film, Christmas. Welcome back to Diary of a Crowdfunded Film. As always, I'm Jose, but I'm going to forego the usual introductory formalities as I'll be going solo. Therefore, today's episode should be much shorter as the primary focus is on a topic that I feel does not get discussed enough when the media covers a film's production, and that is mental health. So before we proceed, I'll announce possible trigger warnings as I'll be specifically discussing anxiety and sharing my own experiences with this mental health disorder. We're all aware that film is a collaborative medium, an expression of passion, and at times an obsession with a story that is realized by a group of talented individuals with specialized skills all working towards bringing to fruition the vision of the appointed director. And in this era of ever-growing social media outlets, films are dissected and scrutinized in the public across a plethora of platforms on what feels like a daily basis. So it's essential that physical and mental health be at the forefront of any production, whether tentpole or indie, with an emphasis on creating a safe working environment that advocates mutual respect and openness. This discussion and my thoughts were crystallized after Heath's post earlier in the week. I'll not read his post as I've not obtained his permission and out of respect to him and his family. Instead, I'll dedicate this episode to your health, sir, and to anyone living with a mental health disorder, me included. For the more we speak out about this, the more we break the stigma. First, I'd like to acknowledge the unabashedly supportive outpouring of well wishes you amazing people displayed in the moments preceding his post. You are all truly beautiful people, and I'm very honored to be part of this wonderful and supportive community. Consequently, I too have been personally inspired, so to continue this momentum of speaking out to break the stigma, and to show my support today, I'll be sharing my experiences of living with an anxiety disorder for close to a decade now. At that time, I hadn't realized there was anything out of the ordinary, but I was finding it harder and harder to quieten my mind. I'd stress a lot more about finances, job security, my wife's mental health, and my then two very young children at the time. While these concerns were not new, the alarm bell that I was not aware of was when these thoughts started to impact my ability to concentrate and plague my day-to-day routine. In essence, whatever coping mechanisms I'd put in practice throughout my adult life no longer served their function at this point. And it wasn't until I started a new job and within the first week of employment that I found myself escaping to the bathroom and locking myself in the stalls for 5 to 15 minutes at a time, at least 4 to 5 times a day. So frequent were these absences, that by the second afternoon of that first week, my team leader pulled me aside and asked if everything was okay. I truly didn't know how to reply, and realized I'd run out of excuses. I was fortunate enough to have, and still do, a supportive and attentive wife, who while battling her own mental health problems, and she still does, had the foresight to contact my family, who came to our aid, and supported me to take the next step in starting my journey to receive professional help. I did therapy for quite a few years. I still reach out a few times a year via Zoom and touch base with a psychologist. But those first few years, it was a lot of talking with some cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, to retrain my behavior patterns of negativity. And one of the best things that one of my many therapists said to me once was, Jose, the reality you choose to live in is 80% of the story you tell yourself. It was time for me to get out of my own way and start being truthful with my emotions. That meant letting myself feel uncomfortable in my own skin. And when I finally did and let myself yell and cry, snot and tears, I found comfort in knowing that I was not any weaker for showing these emotions. 
I discovered that when I shared my vulnerabilities, they lost any connection to a weakness and became a great strength in me. I was learning to love myself again. That is why I can sit here now and talk openly about my emotions and experiences in the hope that it connects with another who may find themselves at a crossroads with their mental health and perhaps give them the courage to take the first step towards seeking treatment. And like all treatments, it's not uncommon to be prescribed medication. And if you are in this boat, then please take them as instructed by your doctor. Don't let anyone, including yourself, make you doubt your resolution or strength should part of your treatment require medication. If you had a heart condition, and the only way to treat that condition was with heart medication, you'd take the meds. I speak from experience when I say consistency is the key with any medication. In my case, I take 20 milligrams of Lexapro. It works by increasing the amount of serotonin in my brain. Serotonin being the chemical that helps regulate mood and sleep patterns amongst others. When you abruptly stop this type of medication, it doesn't give the brain enough time to adjust to the sudden decrease in serotonin and you may experience some severe withdrawal symptoms that can take a real toll on your life, both physically and emotionally, especially when thoughts of self-harm and suicide creep in. The latter was never the case for me, and I learned rather quickly that any signs of confusion, trouble concentrating or remembering things, were luckily the milder symptoms from skipping a dose. So I take my tablet daily and have scheduled follow-ups with my GP every five months or so, along with any discussions about managing dosage tapering. Lastly, no treatment is complete without a support network, be it your family, friends, or one of the numerous support groups that are available in Australia, such as Beyond Blue, Sane Australia, Headspace, and Black Dog Institute, just to name a few. In accessing more information about the services of these fantastic organizations, I'll include the link to the 30 top mental health organizations in Australia via the Australia Counseling website. I hope in listening to this podcast, you've found some element that resonated with you, whether it was a drive to seek out further information or to lend a much-needed non-judgmental ear to a close friend or family member. Remember, you have to take things day by day. Some days, I can turn the volume down on my inner critic, and other days, thankfully, these are few and very far between. It can feel like I can't find that loose end that will let me start to unravel the knot. And when you start to have too many days like these in a row, or these days become weeks, then open up, talk to someone close, or phone one of the many health services available, and give yourself the best opportunity to manage your mental health. Thank you for your time today, guys. Have a great night all, and we'll be back to our regularly scheduled program next episode. Until then, ciao. Thanks for listening to Diary of a Crowdfunded Film. Subscribe to hear all future episodes, and if you enjoyed the show, leave us a review. For more info, please visit Diary of a Crowdfunded Film on Facebook.